welcome to our first ever pilot episode of Cool Dogs with Coffee. So, what is this podcast actually about? It's about sharing your best friend's life. No, not that one. Your actual best friend, your dog, your woofer. Now, if you haven't yet, this is a great time to subscribe and follow so you don't miss any episodes of our podcast. Today, we'll be catching up with our host, Keir Shorey, who is coming to you from a tropical rainforest city by the Great Barrier Reef in far north Queensland. Joining us also today are four wonderful dogs and their humans, Naughty Nick, Turbo, Princess, Chase, does she live up to her name, and most importantly today, from the Hole in the Wall Cafe in Stratford, is Freckles and her wonderful human, Alison, who is brewing today's delightful cuppa. Um, mine's a note milk cap, thanks. Later in the show, we'll also be joined by the marvellous Dr Dot, who has had a long international career as a vet for dogs. Jace, who created Tough Dog Treats, and Ben, who is a busy working dad with the most gorgeous little new blue staffy pup, Chase. So, grab your headphones, grab your coffee from today's sponsor, Supreme Coffee Roasters, Grab a lead and grab your cool dog and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to our first episode of Cool Dogs with Coffee. We're talking woofer, right? Why did we create woofer? We wanted to connect our friends and our dogs and our days together to show off to swap stories to share advice to enjoy a community of like-minded dogs and people you know we'll include the people as well it's mostly about the dogs though so if you want to know more you can go to www.woofer.dog all right so the three w's woofer.dog today we're going to talk to four very special people who all have very special dogs as well and we're going to hear the stories of both them and the dogs. But I want to start with a, a pretty special story, I think, when it comes to, you know, a pretty much happy day story when it comes to dogs. And we're talking the COVID experience, which in the last year has actually led to places that are, you know, homes for dogs that are looking to be adopted being emptied. You know, so places like the RSPCA and Yaps here in Cairns and around the entire planet found themselves actually without stock because people were so desperate to have a dog in their home, yeah? And that experience, I think, is exemplified by the fact that dogs are very clever, and it comes clever when it's talking COVID, right? Researchers that have been doing a pilot scheme in Helsinki, right, are saying that dogs can identify COVID based on the smell of the person. Now, it's not the first time that dogs have done this. You know, there are dogs that have been able to smell cancer, you know, that sort of stuff. But the thing is, these guys have 100% efficacy. Apparently, according to the trial, all the people that the dogs recognised as maybe not smelling in the same way that they would normally think actually turned out to have COVID at some point. You know, this was people who were arriving internationally, brought their luggage off, and a dog smelt them and went... And then it worked out that science said, yes, you were correct, dog. 
that person did have COVID. And we're talking about people who were asymptomatic or who were like days before being symptomatic. So something special was going on there. Uh, and I don't think the scientists understand what that specialness is quite yet. They're not entirely clear. But the very fact is that they were able to detect the virus. And there was high evidence that maybe the sweat of us, you know, in that post-COVID period, allowed you to be able to be detected by the dog, essentially. So today, I'm going to talk to, as I said, very special people to get a sense of that. And I want to hear from you as well. I want to hear your stories, want to see your pictures. I want to see your Facebook posts too. Uh, Generally in Australia, we're very, very lucky to be able to have gotten out during this lockdown period so we could actually go for a walk as well. But we want to hear about how you can do that safely. And also, again, relating to what I spoke about earlier, how that little dog or big dog can actually help your life as well. So today, I've got Alison Dale with me, who is a person who survived cancer. She is in the studio right now with her dog, Freckles. Alison, tell us your story. What's What happened? About six years ago, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer um, and had to go through about two and a half years of treatment and recovering from the effects of treatment, um, at which stage I was able to move back up here to Cairns. This is where I grew up. It's where my home is. So you were away during that yeah, first yeah, period? Was, yeah. So in a big city? Um, yeah, I was down in Brisbane. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, and I guess after that experience, I just really wanted to be able to sort of get my feet back in the earth and feel like my life was settled and stable and, yeah, having freckles and having a, a dog just keeps you so grounded and yeah brings so much love into your life so it was really important so when did freckles enter oh, into your life about two days after i arrived in cairns i think i was on the apps website and yeah i grew up with dogs very similar to her so she immediately stood out and i went and visited her a couple of times and yeah then within the week we'd signed the uh, the adoption papers and she was mine and part of my life and i couldn't imagine it without her now can you tell us what that moment was like to be in there. I mean, I'm familiar with what the Yaps layout is like, but for people around the world to explain what that experience of going into an adoption centre. Ah, is so like. Yaps is a young animal protection society here in Cairns, um, and the the people there, the volunteers there that run it, are really great and really loving. But you know, that was the pre-COVID time when it was really full of dogs. Yeah. And Freckles being a slightly older dog, she was a year and a half at that stage. She'd been there for quite a lot longer than a lot of the other dogs and, you know, was sort of kept in the office because she was, I guess, a bit depressed about being locked up in a cage. Um, So even just being able to go those couple of times and take her out for a walk and get her out in the grass and get her some one-on-one love, I think, was, yeah, so so rewarding for me. And just the car ride home with her even, she just instantly knew... You know, I have a photo of of both of us with almost matching smiles shining off of our faces that uh, just captured, I think, how special it was for both of us. You know, it's a very unconditional kind of love. It's it seems so so pure, and their needs are so simple, but they come down entirely to you, which is yeah, like I said, very very grounding. You know, it means that you need to sort of 
look after yourself in order to look after them. Okay, so, so how long ago was this, Alison, um, and where are we now post that? About three and a half years I've had her now. Okay. And, um, yeah, I think the, the bond and um, understanding between us has just grown phenomenally in that time. Like, yeah, we, you develop a language with your dog that isn't just about you giving orders, but, you know, they're, they're so expressive and... I can read from her face exactly what she needs. Getting out with the dog, getting out with freckles. How important has that been? Not just in those last three years, but particularly in that last 12-month period where we were all desperate to have a reason to go outside mm-hmm. of the house and to have a companion with us. Yeah, Alison. absolutely. So um, I have a, a cafe in um, Stratford called the Hole in the Wall Cafe, which we actually opened up just as COVID was starting. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And Freckles is able to to be there with me and I think was a really important part of everybody's day, you know, when things were so uncertain and so, like, fluctuating that the normal thing that they could do in their day was go out and get a walk and come to the cafe, get a coffee and have a bit of interaction with, with Freckles, with the dog, and they would bring their kids along and that was the highlight of their kids' day, you know. Even up to now I'm still getting, um, you know, the kids will bring in drawings that they've done of freckles or she got Christmas cards, you know, she's become a really important part of that community, you know, for people that for whatever reason can't have dogs. Um, yeah. And she's got her doggy friends that come along. Um, so that will happen. They'll have a, like in a coffee together. Yeah, absolutely. Dogs yeah. They, they sit down very civilized, you know, <laughs> tell me a bit about the lifestyle that you live in. Are you a unit person? Are you a house person? Uh, I have Are a house living in... above the cafe. No, what? I have a house in Machen's beach. Right. Yeah. Which is a really great place to have a dog. There's yeah. Lots of really, really lovely walks and, and spaces around. And there. do you have those connections with people who also are out with their dogs? Yeah, of, of course. There's a lot of dogs in, in the beach community and you know, everybody has their little routine. So you, you pass people and have chats with people and there's that instant connection because you've got that that thing that you love so deeply. You know, dog dog lovers, no matter their differences, they are instantly connected by their love for their animals. And presumably it did make a difference for the business as well, having that connection with Freckles. Ho- hopefully it's a draw card, yeah. Yeah, she's definitely um well-known. Is it better to hang out with a dog than a person look my family and friends are going to be listening to this so i don't want to you know say too equivocally but the idea that they create positivity the entire time yeah absolutely when when is there a downside apart from eating the cushions or the couch or something and that's not really that bad a downside yeah that you can always get a new cushion or a new couch but yeah um, one of Dan's questions in um, putting this together was, can you imagine a life without freckles? And I have to say that my heart instantly contracts even thinking about that. So, well, how, no, how, I couldn't. Can, can you imagine it no, at all? No, absolutely not. She, yeah. She's um, sitting here very patiently waiting for me to open this bag of tough treats. And <laughs> <laughs> we've got chicken hearts here. We're getting favorite. the tough treats in just a bit. <laughs> Alison, thank you so much for chatting this thank morning. You, really appreciate it. I'm going to come back to you because I want to open the whole thing up right Great. now. Benjamin Alexander. He also has a lovely new dog by the name of Chase. Ben. Good morning, Kia. Yeah, that's right. Chase. Chase right. dog. Give us the background. Well, I have not had my own dog for, for many years, Kier, and I, I recently moved um, into a more appropriate home with a, a backyard to... Uh, 
how's the dog? So the first thing I, I did was, was go on the hunt and I was very specific. Um, I wanted a Staffy. They're, they're just a, an amazing people dog. Um, good fun to have around. Not the most trainable dog around here, but you know, they, they sort of run their own race. But um, they're just a, a lovely breed, a lovely breed, I think. So, and I was very specific. I wanted a girl uh, and I, I wanted an all blue one. That's uh, been a dream for a long time. So I went on the hunt and it proved a lot more difficult than I thought initially. And uh, I was contacted about five breeders and got on numerous waiting lists. And then I got the call uh, from a, a breeder in Brisbane, down in Brisbane, who said, we, uh, we have a litter, a three-week-old litter. Uh, if we have a female or blue, if you're interested, we will need one quarter deposit within the hour. Or we go to our Linux list, which is about 18 people deep. So it's like, oh, okay. And uh, you hear the horror stories about buying puppies uh, that don't arrive on planes when they should. And so I did my due diligence and, and did a lot of research on the breeder who were extremely reputable and I paid my deposit. And from that day on, I got daily photos. I had to wait five weeks because she was only three weeks old at the time. Uh, daily photos and videos and uh, it was it was very, very good. And uh, the hardest part here was keeping it from my children that would bought a pup and the daily questions. Daddy, have you found a pup yet? No, not yet, not yet, not yet. Because I just wanted to go to the airport the day with them and uh, surprise, here's our new puppy. So that was the hard bit, keeping it from from those two. But uh, And that was a great experience, Kia. You know, um, uh, four o'clock on a Saturday, I said to the kids, come on, we have to go and do something. And uh, we uh, jump in the car and I said, Kyle, we have to go and run an errand. And uh, we drive into the airport and they're looking at me oddly. And and uh, the plane lands and, you know, the crate comes around. I'm like, here you go. And uh, it was just, I'll never forget that experience. It was, and the look on their face particularly, it was, it was super exciting. You know, to add to our little family and... Um, yeah, it was uh, it was great, and it's been a, a really cool ride since. She's five months old now, and um, obviously the trials and tribulations of puppy. My backyard looks like little minefields everywhere, and uh, you know I've lost a few pairs of thongs, but um, she's uh, I'm blessed. She's been a great pup, and she's uh, absolutely uh, fitted into our brood very well. Can I take you back to the early dog mm -hmm. experience? Right, you yep. said there was a home dog. And working dogs as well. So mm -hmm. this is in a farm context. Yeah, yeah. My home dog back then was I grew up with a German Shepherd, um, a German Shepherd that was feared by the whole town that I lived in. She was, uh, <laughs> she was quite the uh, feisty German Shepherd. When why was she feared? I think because uh, anyone come near her home, she would be very vocal and uh, just barking. Yeah, not like oh, she was a bit aggressive and... too, actually. Right. And uh, you know, my friends would uh, recall riding their bikes up to my house and getting their ankles bitten on their bikes as they're riding past. And um, I guess the staffy thing come from um, my brother has staffies, and uh, I've got friends with staffies. And, and as I said, they are such a, an endearing breed. You know, they've got their quirks and they can be high maintenance, but um, their their love for their humans is is just you know boundless really is so but yeah and she's chases um yeah going back to what allison said and that icky question you asked her do you prefer the company of dogs and humans well it depends some days my happiest days are on the couch watching test cricket with chase who can sit there with hours with me and watch cricket and won't complain and go, you know uh listen to my life woes and not roll her eyes at me and you know she's uh she's great company so i i live uh by myself i, I have my children a few nights a fortnight but um so it's it's nice just to have uh someone around the house to to talk to so 
I'm not crazy yet. Yeah, she's not talking back, but um, it could get there. <laughs> okay, so talk about the kids' reaction and relationship with Chase. Yeah, Grace. just particularly my daughter Grace. It's just an instant bond, and um, I, I'm continually catching her, uh, you know, on the couch where she's not meant to be with Grace. And yeah, she's um, Grace. My daughter is very, very drawn to, to Chase. And, uh, I laughed to some people. I should have maybe called her Chew, not Chase, but it would have been maybe more appropriate. Yeah, this is the thong arrangement. And cushions okay. and yeah but uh yeah but my vet tells me the other day that nearly all our adult teeth are through so phew, that's good we're, we're nearly there uh, <laughs> uh, so you said you were working from home mm-hmm. a bit are mm-hmm. you back in an office yeah context I, at all? I am part-time uh here so I, I do have the flexibility in my role to work from home um at my at my sort of discretion so i tend to book chase into daycare twice a week where i can go and meet with clients and and, and get to the office um and then three two and a half three days a week i'm at home with her so and does chase enjoy going to doggy daycare she loves it yeah absolutely loves it the good thing about doggy daycare care is i don't have to walk her that day she gets home so exhausted yeah. we generally don't she's even get out of the driveway and totally. she's asleep in the car so yeah it's uh, it's a good exercise and it's good to socialize with, with other dogs so it's particularly in a, a community like cairns everyone has got a dog up here and i spend a lot of time at dog parks so it's uh, it's a good socialization process. And how does Chase interact with the other dogs? And in Absolutely fact, I'll loves- ask you that as well, Alison. How does Freckles interact? You first, though. Yeah, Chase uh, loves other dogs, Kira. I, I made it a point. I, I did a lot of research and I, I read somewhere, I'm not sure where I read this, and our, our resident vet might be able to back this up, but I, um, I read that to socialize a dog properly in, in the first, uh, I think it was one month of, of ownership, let them meet a hundred dogs. So I just let her go at dog parks and she did a lot of sniffing of bottoms and um, uh, meets and greets. So, and she's uh, very well socialized. Yeah. Okay. Does she pop down to see Freckles at the cafe? She or? does. Yes. Yeah, she's met Freckles. Yeah. Yeah. Last time Freckles was getting bandaged like when we were there. So uh, I didn't think it was, I left Chase in the car because I think <laughs> Freckles had an accident or. What, yeah. what happened to Freckles? Oh, Freckles lost a claw. Lost a claw. Yes. <laughs> Front, back. Back. Okay. Yeah. And How? It, I'm not sure. I think she did it as a protest because I went out without her. But uh, she has met Freckles. Yes, right. with uh, with Danielle actually from from Woofer. We uh, we have coffee there occasionally, and um, I bring Chase along. So, yeah, Woofer's been um, a great little tool for a new new pet owner as well, just to connect with other, particularly staffy owners in the area. They do have their quirks, so to chat with other owners, and um, it's uh, it's been really great. Okay, so Alison a bit about freckles and interaction with other dogs well she comes to the cafe with me so obviously i i trust there's her heaps of dogs there yeah, yeah. There, there's quite a few dogs that come around and i guess just like us humans she's got dogs that she loves dogs that she takes to instantly others that she might take a little bit of a while to warm up to and others that she gives a wide berth to hank and freckles make a very very fetching pair yeah when the two of them are together it's yeah you, you can't take your eyes off them no, i mean i like I said, I grew up with red healers, so to me they're they're the finest breed of dog around. And um yeah, to see the two of them together is very arresting. So Alison, can I ask you about how you feed your dog? Freckles gets mostly dry food. And okay. I do um look, I have noticed a big difference in the quality of food as to the condition of the dog. So right. I do try and use a, a very high quality um dog feed. She seems to respond well to one that doesn't isn't full of um grains and cereal yeah isn't full of filler um yeah 
but that's she mainly gets dry food and sometimes we'll get a treat of some meat mixed through it um tough dog treats like i said are a favorite of hers um and yeah just bones so ben can i ask a little bit about chase and how that works for you a little bit on the extreme side here i um obviously she gets a very very high quality kibble in the morning and lunchtime she's on three feeds a day still being only five months uh as Alison said you know you, you go in it's quite um daunting now when you walk in to buy kibble because you've got all these natural wheat-free dairy it's like, well, which one so i i found one she really likes um uh, so she gets that twice a day and then at night i either uh <laughs> don't laugh at me i cook for her cook chicken and rice or and uh, mixed veggies and although i have found a product too called um big dog i think it's called which is like portion control meat products and sometimes just uh minced kangaroo mince so uh again tough dog treats for training we're in sort of a big training stage at the moment so um with a staffie you've got to have a pocket full of treats ready to go when she does something <clears throat> on the rare occasion right the food is quite expensive it's um it can add up but uh you know like myself i uh I eat well, I want my dog to eat well. Yeah, you need yeah. to do the same thing that you would be providing for yourself. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right now, great time to bring in Jace. Hello, Jace. Jace going? Matthews is from Tough Dog Treats, and we've heard it mentioned in the last little bit, but I need you to start from the beginning for me, because what are they, why are they tough, and are they treats? Well, they, they are treats. They're only treats, but treats are good for weekly events. So I've got ones there that help clean their teeth. So a regular one of a beef tendon helps with their teeth. But the treats, I suppose, I got into into making them. I couldn't find anything decent on the market for my own two dogs. And I've got a Dalmatian and a pit bull, so they've both got skin allergies and things like that where they've got to have a certain type of stuff. Um, so I made it all myself, did a bit of research and things like that and a course into animal nutrition and try to base my treats and my products on what they eat before humans got involved. As you were moving through that period of thinking, you know, it should be better than this. Yeah, well, I had, be actually had a workplace accident and big sea change. So um, I couldn't do what I'd been doing for years um, in the mining industry. So during my recovery that's when i got thinking there's got to be something else i can do and all right well everyone my friends love my dog treats for their dogs so so you'd already done them as uh, you know a... just for friends and for myself and all okay. that for the, through the whole process and then that got to the point where well i can't work doing what i was doing my career was over so let's start this and yeah so four years ago we kicked tough dog treats off believing in the product as much as i do makes it easier to sell it so much easier to sell it um rather than trying to i imagine trying to sell someone else's product i know and proofs in the pudding if you look at my two dogs most serious 10 years old and she looks two let's talk about those allergies as well because you know it's been mentioned a couple of times <laughs> yeah during the course of this podcast um that they exist you know it exists yeah. within the dog community as well and so therefore you need to have a response to that so how did that occur within the context of of so my products are 100 percent natural there is nothing added to them at all like that's from a, a full beef liver 
hand sliced, dehydrated into the packet. That is it. There is nothing else with them. So what what are the allergies that, that like is it about preservatives? Is it um, about like what? the preservatives, the MSG, grains, all that kind of stuff. Dogs wouldn't normally eat that in the wild. It was never in their diet. So now I provide a treat that takes them back to their prehistoric age to before we got involved. What's the feedback been like from the people who are fans of Oh great. What's the great. So we've got a we've got a good following on Facebook. We're a bit over two and a half thousand people on Facebook and the same on Instagram and um around the twenty to twenty three retail outlets around around Queensland and WA and Victoria. So we are getting out there quite a bit. I, I do it for, for the dog. So it's up to you whether or not you want to give your dog the good uh, the right thing or you want to buy something that's Rubbish. a little bit cheaper but is is really giving your dog which we found a lot now because I deal with a, quite a few vets that dogs are now getting diseases that humans get you know or dogs that are that much overweight and things like this because they're getting all the right they're getting the wrong nutrition and the wrong diet and everything else so the idea of being able to talk to other dog owners like you said, Ben, mm-hmm. talking about the idea that I want to communicate with other staffy owners mm-hmm. and be like, communicate and say, hey, help me out mm-hmm. and I can help you out and backwards and forwards. I've, I guess I've had some issues um, with Chase's training um, <clears throat> focused mainly on callback. She's, staffies have a, 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 obviously a habit. They get so excited, particularly when there's other dogs. We're at a dog park and they're so excited that they forget all their training and she doesn't come back to me and I'm left running around trying to chase her it's great and i want chase to be able to have that freedom to to enjoy playing there with other dogs but i also need her to come back to me when it's time to go so i guess um i then utilized woofer.dog to, to connect with other staffy owners to see how they overcome this problem um a lot of them didn't it's like yeah my dog lives on a lead and that's not, that's not what i want to hear but it's been really beneficial for that just to chat to other owners um i didn't realize how many staffy owners were around me so you've called the dog chase you yell out chase chase and she bolts of course <laughs> Our next guest is Dr. Dot McLaughlin, who's a vet at Smithfield Veterinary Services. And so the first question I want to ask you, Dot, is why did you become a vet and when? Ever since I was five, I was going to be a vet. What was the moment? I don't know. I was out with one of the working dogs, I think. And where were you then? Ah, east coast of the U.S., up north, talking to the dog. And I was like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. Don't you worry. And you heard it talk back, and you were like, yeah, Oh, no, vet. he never did talk back. He was food-focused, so he wasn't a very good working dog. So did it stay with you the entire way? Oh, yeah, I knew what I wanted. The entire way? Yep. So primary school, middle school, yep. high school? Yep. Bachelor's sorry, degree, then doctor. Yeah. Should have said elementary. Bachelor's degree, doctorate degree, internship. So I love the dedication to, to that idea. What happened from there um, for you to find yourself here? Over here. Oh, wow. That's a big round of events, I guess. Um, you don't have to go into anything you don't want to. Right? <laughs> I was looking to go back into the teaching side, mm-hmm. uh, which I enjoyed. And a uh, position came up at UQ in Brisbane. 
um, and they wanted to teach problem-oriented medicine, which is not something they were in doing over But you here. had the ability to mm. provide that for them? Yep. Okay. And so- the clinical experience to go with it, because um, I'd done five years in small animal clinics before that, plus internship in New York. So. How did you find being in Australia? Fantastic, really. I mean, I've been through New York, where people don't look at you, and rudeness you is normal. Look at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, no! Just that's a challenge. No, 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 no. eye contact. Don't. No. Um, to everyone who says hello to you just because you're walking past, um, it's a totally different culture. Okay, so how would you compare the culture when it comes to dogs? You know, there was the working dog, and there was the kids' dog, and you don't play with the working dog. That's just the rules. Um, and the kid's dog was supposed to be reliable, um, the best babysitter on earth, um, protect you to the nines, you know. It, it's just the way the kid's dog was supposed to be. And we were on acreage, so it was just the way life was. And there were expectations of what your dog was supposed to be like. What was the name of your first kid's dog? Oh, Lord, that was a while back. I would say it would have been Rex, the um, the American Foxhound. Okay. He's the first one I can remember, I think. Duke the Beagle, who failed at hunting, he would have been next. <laughs> God, talk about lock over a bin. He didn't look big, but man, he could do it. <laughs> I want to ask about the differences between northeastern United States, yep. between Brisbane, or just Australia generally, you know, hottest, driest place on the planet. What are the differences when it comes to how you support and manage your dog? Oh, I guess here you've got to worry about the heat, not the cold. You know, we had to worry about frostbite and all sorts of things that would um, take your dog down. Uh, so things I don't have to do. I worry about the heat, and we didn't worry about heat over there. Everybody knew you don't work your dog in the middle of the day. Who's going to work your dog in the middle of the day? You're possibly insane if you do that. And it's just the way life is, the practicality of it. Whereas um, you come here and that's just normal. They say, nope, we walk our dogs before nine, after six. You know, check the pavement, make sure it doesn't burn your hand. All right, um, explain that to us, Dolph. See, I, don't, I never had to do that before, but now when you're here, if you take your dog out and the pavement's hot for you to touch, their little paw pads are going to get burnt pretty badly. And then you're going to have a very sore, lame dog that's going to sit there and suck its feet all day. And do you see that as a veterinarian? See it occasionally, not very often. So most people have gotten yeah, the memo. Most of them have got it. Yeah, 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 which is good. So we also do hear about people who have left their dogs, you know, tied up in the backyard, in the sun, no mm. water, that I sort know, of stuff. I get a few heat strokes every year. Yeah. Okay, so what's the solution there, I apart from know. not being an idiot? Yeah, there's the issue. Um, I've never been real fond of tethering. Um, because you don't give them the opportunity to move to an area that's safe for them. 
Uh, I would rather kennel than than tether. And kennels are a lot more safer, especially if they're trained to it. You know, my dogs are all crate trained. They know what it's like. The thunderstorm comes, they go to bed. Great. Works for me. How did you achieve that? I have absolutely no idea. The, The whole point is don't reward the behavior you don't want. Okay, so let's talk about some of the other issues. Some of that is about people, you know, not doing the right mm. medication for their dogs. Doc, uh, you know, it's a hard one. Well, just like you know, not doing your heartworm medication. No, not that's doing rather your, silly, not doing isn't your, it? So, when you have so many options. So, what's the the advice there for people who are, are, are like, are they in a situation where they think, oh, I can't afford it? I think, you know, know. What, I think maybe rationale? it's denial. I don't know what it is, actually. But, I mean, it's so easy. You have so many options available to prevent disease. Why not take advantage of one of them? And they, yes, they all come with a price, but so does everything, you know. Um, you take on a dog, you take on the cost. And they're not free. Yeah. And, you know, they're your responsibility. They certainly as are. As well, just like those children that we couldn't no, shut up. Oh, I know. Uh, so what are the other things to worry about, Dot, that, that people might not have thought about? Um, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Parvo, for example. Um, you know, there's stuff out Things there Things that to we all consider about. routine, I suppose, is making sure your vaccinations are up to date, your preventatives are up to date. You live in the tropics. There are worms. You must deworm your dog. Um, It's just life in the tropics. Uh, We studied tropical medicine in school, and I thought, God, that's a buggy place to live. But Mm -hmm. now I live in it, so (laughs) it is a buggy place. Yeah, well, it's warm. It is. It doesn't snow. But there must be other experiences that occur within the northeast of the United States in Quebec that Mm -hmm. are other issues that people need to to deal with. things, yeah. It's totally different to what I grew up with, if that's what you mean. But, yeah, we, having working dogs, we had pack dogs, we had beagles and foxhounds. Um, They had to be focused. Um, Beagles are not known for good behavior, but they are very good at doing their job. Um, Mom, thankfully, discovered GPS trackers when they came out, which is a godsend when you own a beagle. Dogs do occasionally have their own agenda. And, you know, that's beagles, that's terriers. They just like to pretend that it's our agenda. I know. Yeah, I know. I've got this to do. Yeah, I'm one of those that realizes I really don't have control. (laughs) So tell me about your dogs. Oh, my God. Naughty Nick. Naughty Nick. Naughty Nick. Naughty since the day we got him as a pup. Had him since he was oh, eight weeks old, I think. All right. Mini Fox Terrier. Okay. Tough dog. So Tough when dog. did you call him Tough Naughty Nick? Like the, like the first day you called him oh Naughty Nick? Oh, my God. Or was there a point he, two weeks in where you were like, yeah, he used that's to come definitely to work. Naughty Nick? He, he would come to work. All my dogs, when I got him, would come to work and socialize and socialize with humans, socialize with cats, though the cats would kill him, but socialized with dogs that came in that I thought were easy enough to get along with a puppy that can be a bit erratic. Um, But Naughty Nick, he wanted to take them all down, man. He was going to take them. If it's it was Naughty him. Nick. He wasn't erratic, Errol. No, he had his own kennel labelled Nick Sinbin. <laughs> 
It was from the start, you knew you were in trouble. Lifted his leg and peed on my wall at 12 weeks old. Nick now is 14, going on 15. 12 okay. weeks old, lifted his leg, peed on my wall, and I thought all those years ago, I'm going to fix you, Nick. Desexed him straight away. They were the size of baby peas. Um, has it slowed him down? No. Nah. He still goes over, lifts his leg, pees on something, and looks at me and says, I peed on that. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> so, Just Naughty Nick, is there another oh, one God, you want to mention? Yeah, and please, can there be an adjective before the noun? There's a special needs dog. Okay, like special needs Stacy, special mm, needs... Special needs punter. Special needs punter. Mm. Okay, so... She was born with a condition called hydrocephalus, water on the brain. Yep. And um, she goes forward and left. <laughs> forward and left. That's all she does, forward and left. Which is like a, a lot of supermodels only do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, she... Quite happily blinks one eye at a time. <laughs> and you've been caring for her and she have, would be, as part geez. of the family for how long now? Wow, um, Nick's 14, so she'd be 12 now. Never thought she'd make it past six, but hey, stuff happens. Um, and then there's Helpful Harry, I call him. He's Helpful Harry. He's Harry the Hoover. He's Harry, what are you doing? Uh, he's a uh, three-year-old Cavalier King Charles. Owner had to go in a home, so he had nowhere to go. But he's got the really dicky knees, so he needs his knees fixed. And is that to do with the the breed, particularly? Oh. Like, is that the sort of thing that on woofer dot dog you could be reaching out and asking? You have to. Other... Yeah, you've got to look at your breeds to understand what they're predisposed to. You know, like everybody knows, if you've got a staffy, you're going to watch your skin. If you have a terrier, get prepared to go running after it a fair bit. Um, if you have a Cavalier King Charles, you've got to worry about heart disease and joint disease and a horrible thing called Chiari syndrome. But What's that, Tom? Um, it, it's a swelling in the central part of the spinal cord in the neck. And um, it causes intense neck pain, but a Cavalier is like, nothing wrong with me. Um, they just get a, quite a bit of a head bubble and quite severe weakness on the front end. Manageable. And what I'm hearing is about the management, mm. which is the idea of the relationship that you have with your vet. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it, management. It, 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 well, I'm just thinking it's as important as the relationship you have with your GP. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want a GP that you're going randomly to. Only I don't make my GP guess. Well, how hard is it as a, you know, as a vet? You can't, you know, the person can't talk to you. The no. dog can't, you know, you I need to... I mean, it's to... helpful if you know the dog. And being a consistent carer for that animal. Exactly. In the same way that I want the same GP mm. to go to. I want to see the same guy or the same woman good. all the time. So they know all that background. Yeah. It's the same thing when it comes you know, to you gotta being know them to know when they're not themselves. Yeah. <laughs> that always makes me smile, but geez, it's hard work. He's not himself today. Don't know what's wrong. And he's not saying. <laughs> I'll just say too it's a brilliant part of the spectrum here today um, with tough dog treats and with new pet owners with me who's been in the industry for so long I can't remember when um, 
seems like a long time ago. I'm, I'm, uh, is it envious or jealous? I think it's envious because mm. I would have liked it. I would have loved a dog for the last 16 years of my life when the kids were in our lives, but we just couldn't manage yep. it. And it's been an ongoing thing. Mm. Like every year it's like, can we get a dog? Yeah. Can we please have a dog? A cat turned up. Yeah. Like we didn't go and get a cat. No, because that's not right? the cat way to it do it. It just turned up. Like the mum cat came around with a little kitten mm. behind it in one of our houses. We were like, oh, that's cute. Then it came back the next night and was like, oh, that's cute. And then just the kitten turned up the next night and we're like, oh, I guess we're meant to take that now, aren't we? <laughs> like the mum's come around and been like, hey, that's it. You can have it. <laughs> we went around the street. We walked up and down yes. the street going like, is that your cat? No. And there was definitely someone who answered the door and was like, no. <laughs> no, it's definitely not ours. Yeah, I got a cat like that. And then closed the door and was like, three down. <laughs> Tell us some stories about your dogs. Owning a Dalmatians, you know, you've got your personal princess in the house, um, you know, because they like to prance around and pose and things like that. And um, she's obviously, you know, Dalmatians are white with the black dots. Well, Sarah will not swim in clean water. She'll find the blackest, stinkiest, greenest water to swim in or the track that we've just driven through the four driving, and that's what she'll swim in. And then comes out black and green and brown or whatever colour she is, filthy, and still thinks she's a princess. So now with Woofer, I can share my photos up of how filthy Sarah gets and you know, other people are sharing their photos of their Dalmatian and how filthy they get and things like that. And it's it's great to compare them like, oh, you know, mine got dirtier than yours and yours, oh, no, yours is dirtier than mine, actually, sorry. You know, things like that. So we didn't have that kind of thing before this. Um, which is great, and we can see different things. Well, actually, I uh, this is a, a recent experience of about a week ago. We were at the um, <laughs> dog park having a play, and uh, which is a very, very large, large park. And uh, Chase was having a roll around in the grass and having a, a great old time, but happened to pick the one spot in the acreage we're at to roll in a um, a fresh deposit. Another dog left there, and uh, it was a, a very stinky. 10 minute drive home and for the first time ever chase enjoyed getting a bath as soon as we got home i didn't have to wrestle her and uh because she's not a fan of the bath and uh but this time she was happy to sit i think she realized that uh she was a bit stinky and uh yeah it was um <laughs> it was just ironic that the whole area she had to play it she had to find that one that one deposit, yeah. So that was a and Woofer a is a place you could go to actually get advice as yeah, to how to get yeah. that dog that doesn't want to wash well, to yeah, wash. And I've been um, on another note referring to, to Woofer a bit. I'm a bit confused about dissexing because I'm at the now that um, and this might be something I, I asked Dot, uh, our, our resident vet here at the moment, but everyone's got an opinion about this dissexing, and a lot of people. Um, are uh, of the belief that you, you should dissex a, a female dog before her first cycle. And a lot of people say, no, 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 allow her to have her first cycle and then do it. And I'm like, oh, God, I, I don't know what to do here. And a, a conditional to me buying Chase is that I have to have a dissex. The um, the breeder made that was a condition of purchase because they don't want their lines rebred, uh, which is fine. I wasn't buying a breeding dog. I was buying a companion dog. So that that's fine. I, dissexing is okay. So... 
Look, I, I, again, I, I, I lent on Woofer and, and got various opinions. I think the uh, majority at the moment here is saying that do it before her first cycle. It's sort of, um, you know, psychologically, I guess, no, there's no, she doesn't sense a change in her in her body, and which makes sense. But Dot, I'd love to hear your your take on that topic. There are a lot of opposing views unfortunately. And I think sometimes the best way to get a handle on it is if you can look at what's on the internet, on Google, but be very careful who you track. There are good reviews out there from reliable sources. The AVMA has one out, American Medical, um, Veterinary Medical Association, um, the Hospital Association, the AVA here in Australia have done long-term studies that will go through a lot of those issues with you. Do you wait? Do you do it? Do you not? And everyone has an opinion because everyone comes at it from a different view. Um, the welfare leagues definitely before the first season. Fine, I see your point. You're trying to control a population. It's population control. Um, Buying a purebred animal, okay, now I think you have an option. If you don't want to breed, that's fine, but I think you have to look at the health of the animal first. Small breed dogs like Naughty Nick and Punter Punter, forward and left, doing them early isn't going to change their structure much. If you have Turbo, I wouldn't have done him until he was at least 18 months to two years because you want those bones to grow properly and in the proper angle. I, I guess, Keir, the, 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 the thing with Woofer is um, I can hone in on specific breed owners and, and bond with them. It's, um, as, as Dot said, you know, just was chatting before about, you know, <laughs> decisions about the sex in particular, a breed specific, I guess, and, and, and the, um, I guess, the, how it's developing at six months to make that call um so it was good to go to other staffy owners female staffy owners i could even hone into blue staffy owners and say when did you have her desexed and what are your experiences um it was somewhat difficult to do through covid because of the disconnection um it was hard just to go wandering down the street and go oh hey nice stuffy let's talk and have a coffee and i want to ask pick your brain about some things um so through that period it was it was really invaluable to to be able to make that connection and and have these conversations um i will say it confused me a little bit because uh you know that old saying everyone's got one an opinion um people are very different and i guess it comes down to the dog as well you know like some some owners were confident to have it done at five months some owners weren't so confident um because of you know development wasn't quite you know there at six months so yeah look my my vet has since told me that um she is good to go book her in when you're ready um she's developing perfectly and he thinks that she should be dissexed so being able to connect with other other dog owners like if you've lost your your dog and connect with someone else who's lost their dog and how they're dealing with it and you can you can bounce ideas off each other and when you think it might be ready to buy another dog and Mm. and everything else you know that that kind of thing buffer's been great with because you can 
anyone that loses their dog, it's a very emotional time, and it's it's they're your family. But you'll always buy another dog because you you want to have that family member and that unconditional love back because of what you've experienced. It's you'll never forget that first that that other dog, but you'll always go and buy another one. There might be a time period that varies in between, but you never replace that original one, and then so on and so forth. Um, like. I think there was something I read on the internet where a dog's life is short because it gives so much love. Thank you, Kia. And thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in to our first ever episode of Cool Dogs with Coffee. I hope you enjoyed it. I would like to thank our guest, Alison, Ben, Jace, and Dr. Dot, and our four-legged guest, Naughty Nick, Turbo, Princess, Chase, and Freckles. We'd also like to thank today's sponsors, Supreme Coffee Roasters. If you're in need of a good brew, make sure you find their link in our show's notes. Just before we go, we at Wolfart would also love to hear from you. If you'd like to share a story, you can find us at the three W's dot dot dog. So that's the three W's dot dot dog. And all of our socials will be listed in the show's notes as well. We can't wait for you to join us again. So until then. Oh.